Hi, this is Craig Janney listening to the Blues Podcast in the Stanley Cup Finals. Jason, along with Chris. Yo. All right. And we're back after a you know, few week break. Every time we try to like me and Chris, a little behind the behind the curtain here. Every time me and Chris tried to record, something came up between the one of us. It was yeah. always like, Chris is like, hey, I got something coming up. Sorry. Can we do it tomorrow? I was like, yeah, sure. And then I went out of town <laughs> and then I got back and then I had a bunch of stuff to do to get back and I worked late and I couldn't get it done. And let's just be honest, there was a couple of nights we were like, oh, yeah, we were going to record tonight. And both of us. Oh, yeah. We, I, we both got sidetracked with stuff. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, I was supposed to do something tonight at 8 o'clock. I couldn't figure out. And then it's like 8, it's almost 9, 9.30. You should be and the I'm, checks. Hey, recording. And I was like, oh, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It happens. So, but the positive is, Lots is that we about. have a lot to talk about. So it'll be like a long episode, getting ready yep. for the season. Uh, we'll be kicking off the season previews really, really soon. I mean, preseason is literally weeks away from right now. So yeah, what two weeks from Friday? Wait yeah. from Friday? Yeah, two weeks from Friday. So it'll be um, right before like my birthday is on that twenty sixth and that Sunday. I believe it's the twenty fifth is our first game. So twenty fourth to twenty fifth. So lots to talk about. So. Once again, the usual curse for us uh, podcasters since we record to tape, we really don't we don't do obviously a live show every day, um, mm-hmm. so we can't do breaking news. <laughs> Chris and I recorded the last podcast, and then what was it two days later? Yes, the big news broke, and the big news is uh, Blue signed a very long deal, and we were hoping. Um, you know, I think that was a, a, kind of a surprise that happened already, but it also kind of locks. It down for next year, so we have to only have nobody, nobody to really worry about now. Next year, we have one person, David Perron, is up. Um, but now Colton Preco signs, I almost borderline say a lifetime deal now with the Blues, an eight year deal. So. And he's and he has so. a he has a deal this year, so basically, he has nine years left. The Blues taking him till he's almost 36 years old. Yeah, I, I would say that that's anything after that, you got to think is like a year to year thing, maybe a two year thing. Yeah, um, and the, we'll the, the money deal. was very cap friendly, and I think that's why the length of the deal happened. So yeah. eight year, fifty two million dollar deal, six point five million uh, AAV, which that's really familiar on the defense. So you basically yeah. your top three defensemen make the exact same exact dollar amount right now in Justin Falk, Tory Krug, and Colton Pareko. So say what you want about um, the defense, but yeah, th- I think they're going for. I say I say quantity over quality. Maybe that's not exactly the best, but these are not bad defensive by any means. No, but, not at all. But you're not sinking nine or ten million dollars into one, and then you got to kind of piece it together after that. No, and, and you know none of these guys are scrubs by any means. And I think that obviously the wild card with this Pareko deal is does his back hold up? And I think as long as we don't have nagging back injuries. This is a steal of a contract for the St. Louis Blues. This is a guy that anytime that there's a big free agent or not next to that's really a free agent, but anytime there's a, a big 
proposed trade that the blues are involved in, be it, it was Taylor Hall back in the day or whoever, the name that always gets thrown around coming back the other way is Colton breakout. Uh, he's got a lot of equity around the league. There's a lot of GMs that would drool over a defenseman of his size and skill and ability. And, you know, the blues have him now locked up. Like you said, more than likely through his career, at least through the prime of his career. Yeah. Nine years total. So he's, yeah. he's locked into the 29 30 season. So think about that. So that's, it's kind of weird to think about that, but almost, you know, till 2030, you're going to be seeing Colton Preco in a blues uniform. Hopefully, yeah. obviously uh, there is, from what I could tell, I didn't see any no trade clause there. Like in this from what I did a bunch of looking online, I couldn't find anything. Um, I found like all the numbers, but nothing really uh, that was never kind of released. But it's not, I mean, I would be surprised there wasn't one, honestly, but you got to think there's at least a partial or something, yeah, something just to protect. Um, so, yeah, real quick from Doug Armstrong uh, quote, we drafted and developed Colton, and now having him under contract for the next nine seasons is great for our organization. Having Colton, Tory yep. Krug, Justin Faulkner under contract long-term gives us a strong and reliable defensive core for the foreseeable future. Have you heard the rumblings that Tory Krug may want out of St. Louis because his wife isn't happy? I've heard those on the social medias and different, obviously blues forums. Um, I've never heard anything in the actual, like what I would call hockey media. Yeah. I have not heard anything from actual hockey media people or even remotely, even sometimes they like, like squash those real Like if something happened, comes up and they see somebody tweet them, let's say, let's say somebody tweeted Korak and said that. And they're like, yeah, nothing, nothing to do about that. That's ridiculous. Um, I don't know if anybody's tweeted them about it. I'll be honest there, but um, I haven't seen anything from, like you said, hockey media. So I, I'll take it with a grain of salt for now, but I, sometimes like you keep hearing it and that's kind of true, but um, who knows at this point? I mean, remember there's rumblings that Pronger's wife didn't like Edmonton and guess what? And guess what? He was well, gone after one year. I heard it's a rumor that Pro why Pronger's wife didn't like Edmonton was that Pronger had a, a thing with one of the local sports ladies. Ah, so there you go. So that could have been it too. Who knows? That was so, the rumor was that he had a, a little affair going on with one of the network, local network TV ladies. Interesting. So I didn't even know that. So like I said, who knows exactly what's going on there, but uh, real quick to wrap it up on Pareko here. So 418 career regular season games, 171 points. That's 41 goals, 30, 130 assists. Uh, plus 54, which is really good in 70 career. Think about it for being where he's at now. He has 70 career playoff games, which is yeah. quite a bit. Um, he has 27 points, eight goals, 19 assists. Uh, so everything, all that is really good. I think at the end of the day, this is a solid deal. And, um, and yeah, I'll take the shot at him, but uh, it's a guy who wants to be here and signed a team friendly deal to be here. Agreed. Look, I, and you need, you need guys to do things like that in order for you to be able to make those big splashes down the road. It's not too unlike what Nathan McKinnon did in Colorado a couple of years ago. Now that tab's going to come due in two years because he's not going to make that cap friendly or the team friendly deal again. In yeah. two years, Nathan McKinnon's going to go get paid either by Colorado or somewhere else. Um, but you you need players to do things like that because that allows you to go out 
and drop the big bucks when you have the opportunity to go get that massive name. Yeah. So um, it's nice that the kind of see that. So as much as, you know, Preco, what's the, hopefully it was just injury wise. That kind of made him kind of slow to develop, you know, after Petrangelo left and they expect him to be the kind of, everybody thought Falco was the replacement for it. I think it's, we talked about this before Pareko is technically the replacement for Petrangelo. Falk is was supposed to slide into like the Pareko type role as a second kind of defenseman. Uh, luckily Justin Falk played really well last year when Colton Pareko was hurt. So worked out. So hopefully yeah. Pareko, if he gets back, he was playing pretty decent near the end, even with a kind of a bad back. I thought he was starting to rebound and play pretty well. So yeah, I agree. If he gets back to that, I think you know this will be a good. If he plays like that through the length of the most of his contract, I think you'll be happy. Oh, I I agree. I think that there's you know if we can get the Pareko that we had until last year, and then like like you said, once he got his feet back from under back underneath him last year, he was he was doing very well. I don't see much of a problem with this deal at all. Yeah. So, and then, so today we're recording on the 14th of September. So that was early on. And then today, out of nowhere, this kind of a hit. And once again, another, I think, very good team-friendly deal. A guy oh, yeah. that obviously wants to be here. And as much as I know in the past, I've uh, kind of was down about the last deal. Uh, this one is tremendous considering how he played last year. So Tyler Bozak is back with yep. the team at $750,000 for one year, plus bonuses. Bonuses can total take them to a total of $2 million if everything's met. That's pl- games played. Uh, and also uh, how far the Blues go in the playoffs. I think it basically goes to the cup. He basically gets $2 million total. Um, That's great. I yes. mean, you know, I you look at Bozak, and he's a guy who's had, what, 12, 13 years in, this, in the league? Uh, he's up there. He's, what, 34? Yeah, 35. So 35, 35? on here, 764 career games. Okay. So, you know, he's a guy who's toward the end of his career. He's got young kids. Um, I had a feeling once we got to around this time of year that it was either going to be, he's coming back or he's shutting it down. You know, I don't think that he was going to be in a hurry to move the family and especially with the young kids in the middle of the school, starting up and things like that, Mm -hmm. that I could see him, you know, I, I think he probably waited out to see if something, you know, yeah. better there, came along. There was rumblings that uh, Pittsburgh was looking hard at him for a deal because they are very thin at center, especially with injuries they kind of had and uh, the cap situation they're in. There's rumors they were looking at him. Uh, apparently, there's rumors that a bunch of teams were inquiring about him as a PTO deal, and apparently he was waiting for yeah, a one-year Yeah, I heard about deal. that too. So, I think the Blues are always there, and I think it was just a matter of getting things figured out and figuring out what to do. We'll talk about Robert Thomas after this, but uh, but now you got another piece of the puzzle in and uh, Tyler Bozak. Yeah, and I'm happy with it. I've always been a Bozak supporter. I think that he fills his role very nicely on this team. He had a consistent year on a team that didn't have a lot of consistency last year. And uh, I'm totally fine with him coming back with this contract. I don't think there's anyone in the world who could be upset with that deal. Yeah. So, like I said, seven fifty thousand dollars. So the Blues still have a little under uh, two million dollars in cap space left. So I'm kind of curious to see what comes of that. But um, you know, obviously we talk about Robert Thomas. So there's an article in the Athletic from Jeremy Rutherford a couple of days ago. So Robert Thomas is the only. 
any kind of free agent left, RFA, UFA, the Blues have uh, left. Uh, the Blues lost a couple of different guys. Mitch Rinky went and signed with uh, the Pittsburgh minor league team. Uh, a couple guys went overseas. So, But the guy of note that's left is Robert Thomas. So Thomas apparently is looking for a deal that is more than Jordan Cairo, who is getting paid $2.8 million. Um, I think the Blues are not looking at that. I think that I think the Blues are looking for somewhere closer to what I have a barbershop signed, and that's around 2.25, which will be right, right, what they're looking for. Um, I don't I think it's been a mix of or waiting for the Tarasenko thing to drop, maybe. I don't know. I think you're right with that. I, I think that that is such a linchpin in everything uh, that's going on with the Blues right now. Yeah, so you got Tarasenko still with the Blues. Uh, Craig Brube went on uh, the Cam and Strick podcast and basically said, like, I expect them to be here. I'm going to treat them like normal, you know, like normal. Uh, we'll address it internally and go from there. So uh, I, more and more, it seems like it as much as we keep – I know a couple of writers have come out and said they don't expect them to be here by the time training camp starts. Uh, it's getting get down to the wire here, to say the least. I mean – you got if you don't get him in, they don't have Robert Thomas coming in, and that's kind of I think this is a huge year for him and being de- being developed. I think the article also talked about how Kyrou had a lot of games in AHL, and Thomas went straight from juniors to yes, the NHL. Did. And now that he kind of hit kind of maybe a wall, he hasn't had that time to develop where Kyrou, where he where he was almost a point per game guy, and you know the dependent guy in the AHL. He had that time to kind of mature, and then when he got to the NHL, he was not ready, but at least equipped to handle maybe the ups and downs compared to maybe Thomas wasn't. Um, I still think you should get – I think Thomas is above Bar- – I think that's perfect. Above Barbashev at 2.25, but not as much as Cairo because Cairo proved he played pretty well last year. And I know, agree with that. I totally agree with that. So I was thinking do a, do a bridge deal like two years, $5 million. That's 2.5 a year. Sure. I think it's perfect. And then by that time you're up and then you will, the blues can see where you're at. And Hey, in those two years, guess who else is a free agent? Your yep. buddy, Matt Kachuk. So yep. if he wants to come home, then you both can sign deals and be here or you guys go do your own thing. Who knows? So, Speaking of the Kachuks, do you see the uh, boatload of money rumored to be heading Brady Kachuk's way? Uh, I think I did see this today. According to the, what's his name? Bruce Garrett over at, uh, mm-hmm. What Garch, whatever his name is, in a with Ottawa Sun, I believe he's part of what eight years, 64 mil. Yeah, Whew. that's a lot. And part of me is like, man, it's a lot of money, but man, that's eight years in Ottawa. <laughs> Nothing he likes it up there, and maybe they're turning it around, but man, they've just not been no. It's to me, it's like not even a mismanagement up there. Well, maybe it is, but just the owner just so, so unwilling to spend money. Like, is he going to continue that he paid a couple of guys so far, but then he trade, he just signed a guy. Then he traded him away. He traded that, uh, if any, uh, Dandenov, he signed him for one year. He was okay. Yeah. And then they traded him to, uh, Vegas. So it's like, it sure seems regardless of who you talk to of those people who will actually go on record and talk about it, that you hit the nail on the head with the problem with the Ottawa senators. And that's that that owner is just not, the most liked or respected around the league. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, he hasn't done anything that grossly mismanages that team to the point that the league needs to step in. 
like what what team was it in I don't think it was hockey, but I don't remember what league it was a handful of years ago. The Marlins, wasn't it? Oh, no, it was the LA Clippers. Oh, yeah. Wait, what's his name after, yeah. the, after the whole yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, where yeah. the league had to come in and, re- and basically say, um, we're revoking your ownership. Yeah, and also because he was ready to trade uh, Chris Paul away to, I forgot where. And the deal was like not a great deal. And I think that's when owner, I think that's when the NBA is like, we're avoiding that deal that deal is not great and then he wound up going to um let's see new orleans i'm gonna say he's in phoenix now then phoenix now but i think at the time he went to new orleans and then yeah, he's I kind of jumped right. around since there but anyway um but yeah so the, it, it's interesting on what's going on there and maybe that's according to what everybody keeps saying that he loves it up there and whatever but eventually like even it being as young as he is and when you're young and in this sport nine times out of ten and you're drafted high, you've been on some pretty successful teams. And that's something that's really, when you start to lose a lot and you're just, you don't like it. So you might be wanting to change. And um, what's his name? For example, we're jumping all over the place with sports here. So what's uh, the guy from the Jacksonville Jaguars, the quarterback, um, Trevor Lawrence. So they lost this weekend. Mm-hmm. So do you know that's his first regular season lost in, um, since grade school, probably he, no, I mean, it was like he he won all through high school in regular season, won all through college during the regular season, and this is the first pro game and he lost. So literally, the dude hasn't lost since he was like fourteen years old. Well, uh, look at I'll give you another one. Look at LeBron James. Yeah, who was you just know, you know LeBron James went to Cleveland and he improved that team, but they still never made it to the distance. He took his talents to South Beach, famously, won a uh, title there, and then basically brought all his boys to Cleveland and won one there and decided to, to leave again and, and go to uh, L.A. Uh, but to your point, yeah, I mean, a lot of times when you are a lottery draft pick player, you're going to poor teams. You know, and that's the whole point is that you're supposed to help bring them back up. But you're right. It's it's tough when you're, you know, a kid who's 18 to 25 and all you've known is winning. And then suddenly you can't do that anymore. Like you can't just put a team on your back and go, I'll, I'll just give me the puck. I'm going to go score a goal. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. Yeah, so I'm kind of here to see what happens there. If he signs a long-term deal, um, who knows how long before he requests a trade? Or maybe maybe he wants to be that guy who goes there and like I'm going to make this team awesome and make this team relevant again. So if he does, great. Um, you know, obviously we've talked about the rumors of both of them wanting to come back here. And like I said, I don't know. Like I know Rutherford talked about Kachuk, and he said that's a high po- that's a very good possibility. Many times about Matthew Kachuk when his contract is upcoming here, if he's not traded about four by the Blues. I know the Blues covet him. I mean, that's if you look at what Brube plays, like Matthew Kachuk is like if you said describe one player on around the league that's a non-blue that plays a blue style, that's pretty darn close. Is Matthew? I Kachuk. agree. I so, agree. Anyway, Blues talk. So Blues get a couple guys signed. Robert Thomas still the only guy left. We kind of talked about the possible contract that I think he's worth, but um, still unsigned. There's no. 
it sounds like he's not like wanting to hold out. He like it wants to get done according to the article, but uh, we'll see if he gets in before training camp starts, or maybe he'll be in for training camp and but just not with playing with the teammate doing his own thing. Um, so we'll talk about the Winter Classic jersey real quick, and then we'll talk about the Blues prospect camp that's currently going on for yep. the Traverse City uh, tournament that the Blues usually participate in. So first off, the 2022. NHL Winter Classic jersey was finally revealed. Uh, Chris, uh, obviously, we're audio thing. Chris is wearing the Minnesota one currently right now. I am. I am. So, I ordered that one the day it came out, and then I ordered the Blues one the day the Blues one came out. Yeah. So uh, the Blues one is, which um, we talked, me and Chris talked about via text, and we were like, it's basically, it, in all, all intents and purposes, it's the reverse of the 2017, except for it's a cream color instead of a yeah. blue color. It's, it's, an, it's, 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 it's basically the away version of the. 2017 one it's the it's the off-white version of the alumni jersey yeah that i would have like i said the only thing i i want with the jersey by itself if you look at the jersey by itself i like it when yeah. the whole like i say ensemble i guess the whole thing together when you see like when they had um o'reilly and perron uh pictures with it it looks great it looks great with the whole like get up in the helmet the gloves like it looks great um, I that made me more of a fan of it after I saw it like that. Um, we kind of saw some our pictures. The pictures basically leaked earlier in the day via on Twitter about eh, I say five or six hours before the game started. Uh, I saw a picture pop up and uh, you know we kind of discussed it. So I wound up giving it let's say out of a ten score, I say it's a solid eight in my opinion. Uh, it's nice. Like I, I don't hate the jersey. It's it, there's only so much you can do when you're an away team. Yeah. Now, it seemed to be the popular consensus that it was have it had to be a white or light color based jersey. But as we showed last week, that's not necessarily the case because yeah, the Flyers and the Penguins played a game where the Penguins wore yellow and the Flyers wore black. Um, but my only complaint with the jersey is what we kind of talked about last podcast which is you just basically did the away version of the 2017 winter classic and it's nice it's a it's good looking safe, jersey it's a safe choice yeah it just seemed i hate to use this term but lazy it's like you had a whole extra year to figure out a jersey a whole extra year and you still took the easy safe route i would have loved to have seen something new and different and we didn't get it yeah one thing i kind of as much as i like the jersey the one thing that would have set it out set it apart a little bit more is if they'd used what was what i forgot what year in the 80s it was the uh, the 86 87 it was only for like a couple years the one where it actually said st louis blues on it oh it said blues on it yeah blues, it, that yeah. was 86 to 88 it was two years yeah that was, was a really the, short time yep it was at the discretion of the owner's wife it's the only fun fact the only era of blues jersey i don't own it's very hard to find yep very hard to find but i would have liked them to do something like that and say st louis or something like that across the top like or like you know above the crest or like maybe like an like an arch type thing across the arch across the across the chest but i thought that was yeah. cool looking just because uh a lot, I, mean, I, I would say the blues 
I'll be online honest. universally was I think more like than the Minnesota version. I think everybody was. I, I like this jersey. I'll be honest. As far as yeah. wild jerseys go, I think this one's pretty cool. I, I've always said there's only so much you can do with green and red and not look like a Christmas tree. Um, so I like that it says Minneapolis St. Paul on it. Like it's mm-hmm. it's got both of the Twin Cities. I think it would have been cool had the Blues done something that had the state of Missouri in it and had STL or something like that if they would have been similar fonts or things like that. Um, I agree. I wish there was more to it. It, it, Honest to God, it just seems like they put the negative of the jersey from 2017. And we're like, yeah, print it up. Send it to to the print. Like, we're going to make that jersey. Because who knows, you know, knock on wood, the blues get lucky and get into a stadium series or something else in the years to come, but there's no guarantees. Yeah. I, I got a feeling, which is my Chris and myself are bought tickets for the, and we'll be making the pilgrimage up there on January 1st and freezing ourselves uh, to death during the uh, Minneapolis winters, but we will be up there for the winter classic and doing plenty of reporting from the winter classic. Uh, it'll be yep. fun. One of the reasons I want to go, because I just have that feeling where the blues had their one, they had their one in St. Louis. And now they have yep. their way one and nothing against the, what I think of the blues. I just think we're in that window right now. Uh, by the time we're out of that window and we're not going to be due for another one for a while. I don't think it'll be a winter classic. Maybe it'll be a stadium series. A stadium down series. On. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. As long as the blues stay like relevant for at least a handful of years, they got a chance. Um, the, the problem blues, is the blues ratings, be... the blues rating, the ratings in St. Louis are always tremendous for any NHL game. So they have that going for them that they know people will tune in. And that's something that NHL pays attention yeah. to. The one thing that I think will hurt the blues is I could see them being the away opponent much more than a home uh, game because the blues only have one place to play outdoors. I mean, technically in a couple of years, they could play in the stadium for the, uh, the uh, St. Louis city soccer team. Yeah but that's a pretty small stadium. And I, I would imagine that the NHL is going to want bigger places than that for outdoor games. Hell, you never know if uh, Arizona gets a, uh, doesn't get that, uh, the new um, stadium in uh, Tempe and wherever, <laughs> wherever. So I, like I said, the um, I was in Kansas city a handful of weeks ago. And uh, that was the first time I got to see the Sprint Center up close. Oh, it's beautiful. And it's very nice. I mean, it's like you said, but you looked on the screen, man. They keep that place booked, though. I mean, everything on that screen they're showing out front, like it was like, I think within six days, they had four massive concerts there. And three of them weren't coming to St. Louis because I didn't even know they're coming there. Mm -hmm. So that just tells you, like, that place, they keep that thing booked. Um, And I think that's one of the reasons why they never wanted a pro franchise there because they don't want to lose dates to concerts like that. If you remember, that arena was a bargaining chip used by the Pittsburgh Penguins to get their new arena. Yeah, because they basically went to Pittsburgh and said, you build us a new arena or we're moving to Kansas City. And Kansas City was ready for it. Like they said, come on down. We'll have Sprint Center ready for you next season. And that was like year two or three into the Sidney Crosby years. Because I remember calling mm-hmm. my friends in KC and going, if you a-holes 
who have never experienced hockey in your life inherit a team that is going to be a Stanley Cup contending team for the next 15 to 20 years, and my team can't get out of the damn first round, I'm going to drop a bomb on all of you. And and luckily, I shouldn't say luckily, because I think Kansas City can handle a team again. Um, but luckily for the city of Pittsburgh, they got a they got a deal worked out. Um, but you know, I mean, Kansas City had the scouts for what two, three years for a while, at least a handful of years, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that in today's climate, you know, if you put a team in Kansas City, you obviously have a natural rivalry with the Blues. You also have the Colorado Avalanche, which is only a six, seven hour drive. It's not much worse than driving St. Louis to Chicago. Mm-hmm. So you'd have that corridor of Chicago, St. Louis, Kansas City, Colorado, Las Vegas, all yeah. right there. Yeah, all in a row. I mean, Vegas would be obviously near a division, but for division-wise, that'd be four near division. That would be pretty, uh, pretty fun times that does happen. So a lot of I, – I always wish the Blues – I mean, obviously they've jumped around with their AHL affiliate – yeah. And I know it doesn't make money, and that's the reason why they never did it. I really wish they would have bought a franchise and placed it in can or you know worked it out and placed it in Kansas City. I mean, obviously the Sprint Center is huge, yeah. um, but there's a they've couple got of- a smaller arena. They've yeah. got a a place about the size of Family Arena uh, in Independence, Missouri, and where the Mavericks is, play. Yeah, play, that's where the yeah. Mavericks play, and there's actually going to be a preseason Blues game in that arena, I believe. Yes, you're correct. So it'd be nice if they would have been able to get up. Maybe that's the, I know the Blues signed a pretty, I think five-year deal with Springfield. So we don't need to move the team again, AHL team again, but contracts up and maybe everything is obviously the world is in a different place. And by that time, maybe we'll be able to uh, have the team more independence. Cause that'd be a fun drive, man. I would, I would love to go to some AHL games that are like with blues prospects that are nearby. It'd be great to, I mean, the blues, we had to chill here for a little bit and obviously there wasn't really any prospects on that team, but, I mean, no, but it would have been nice to have. I mean, obviously, St. Charles is too close because you're gonna, you can, you know, it was very I popular. Mean, Vegas is doing it, Vegas is doing it, but I think also Vegas is it sounds weird. Vegas is Vegas, you got so much to do there, yeah. And they, uh, you, you were at one of the games there at Vegas. I mean, you you see the entertainment value. People go to a hockey game as oh, an yeah. entertainment thing, it's not because they're a fan of that team. I think I mean, it's, I think it's, a, it's a bit of both, but but um, the, but they, but they, but I think there is compared to like a St. Louis market, there would be more of the casual fan. Like somebody who's yes. visiting the town would go to a hockey game. Somebody who's yeah. just visiting the like St. Louis, they're not, they wouldn't be like, Oh, what's going on tonight? Oh, the hockey team's playing down the street. I'm going to, let's go check them out. I think the way Vegas is and it's set up, I think it's a little more. It, well, it, and when you're there, me, it's weird to say this. I'm comparing it to like, Oh, um, what's one of the magicians that are in uh, Chris angel. Right. It's like you have Chris Angel and the hockey team. And I think that's, I think that's how, that's how the casual person would view it. Be like, oh, do you want to see a Chris Angel show or go to this tonight? I mean, there's definitely a lot of that. Um, I will say I've been lucky enough to go to three games in Vegas. Um, and it's a show. Like you can tell that that is a city that is built on show business because everything about your game day experience when you're at a Vegas Golden Knights game is over the top. Everything nothing is just like pedestrian. It's everything is turned up to 11, which is great. It's exhausting. You leave and you're ready to go to bed because like you're, it's just sensory overload. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's great. 
I mean, it, it, for, especially for the young crowd, it is amazing. Um, so and I'm yeah. not saying it's because Vegas has no fans. I'm saying a cat they could pull in a casual fan easier than like the same a St. Louis market could. So oh, for sure. And let's not. I mean, let's not forget that I'm sure that if you go to a game there on a Tuesday, it's a homer crowd. I would bet you if you, all those Friday, Saturday games, maybe even the Sunday games in Vegas, I'll bet you there's a lot of, of road fans at those games. Mm-hmm. A lot. Yeah, because it's just like, oh, let's go to Vegas and we can see the game and then go out afterwards. There's a ton to do. So, which is something Still that... Still weekend in Vegas around a game. Which is something we want to do. A lot of people are going to do that. Eventually, that was on our list to do. We got the Winter Classic this year, maybe next season. So... Winter Classic jersey, I gave it 8 out of 10. Chris's official score? 7. Okay, nothing wrong with that. Still, it's passing. Yeah, so, I mean, it, look, it's a great jersey. I just, I really wanted something different. Ah, uh, my complaint. I forgot to bring this up. Here's my complaint from my notes. While ordering the jersey, super annoying. And price gouging mother effers over at NHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, the jersey is more than normal. So the normal, oh, yeah. your normal Fanatics jersey is about what 130 yep so $10 more not bad I'll, okay 140 bucks okay the when you bought the 2017 i bought it off the rack at the stl authentics during a game because they announced them and then i think i went to the game that night and it had like racks on racks on racks then mm-hmm. and i decided to uh i bought one there and they had a winter classic patch on there so you know it was the winter classic jersey because at that time we had no idea Kind of Chris is showing me, and well, that's what I'm getting about too. Is that um, the Blues did? We did not know the Blues would use this jersey again. You know, obviously, you thought it'd be just a one. Some a lot of these guys who a lot of these teams that use them, and Shiro have what seven or eight of them by now. Jesus, so they they really Chicago haven't used Pittsburgh have quite a few. They don't use them outside. Of, like they the for a while there, the Penguins used the baby blue one. Yeah, for a while, and then they got away from that because um, they had a bunch of them basically. So. I didn't know if they'd use it again. So obviously you want to get the one with the patch on it. So they came with the patch for $130. So A, you pay $10 more for the jersey. B, you had to pay $25 at SDL Authentics to get the patch. And then also they said, oh, you can hold your jersey. And when it gets when, it, when the patches come in, we will go ahead and um, give you, we'll go ahead and put it on for you. Or you, you can get the jersey and then we'll ship it to you. And then you could have somebody put it on yourselves. Um, so and then they sold out the jer- they sold out of the patch in 15 minutes. Yeah. So luckily, I was able to get the patches from uh, the NHL shop, which is fine. It's just Same. annoying that you had to, and also ten dollars cheaper on NHL shop, which is also the other funny thing too. It's very annoying to me. It's just very much oh, it's, like it's a money grab for sure. It's a it's a huge money grab, and I guess that's what you're going to get with these events. But it's very it was very much like come on guys, like I want to know when it changed because. Yeah, because I, I, have... I don't buy it. Maybe it's been like that since the two. Maybe since 2017, they've had it like that. So if someone wants to clue us in, please send us an email, blueshockeypodcast I at gmail.com. And let the us know. last Winter Classic jersey that I got was the Chicago Blackhawks one from Notre Dame, which was 18, 18 19. One of those two, yeah. And it's got the patch on it. I've got a I've got a uh, Washington Capitals Ovechkin from when they played at Heinz Field. It's got the patch on it. I've got a Evgeny Malkin from when they played in Buffalo. 
it's got a patch on it. Um, my 2017 St. Louis one had a patch on it. So, yeah, so. this is the first year, and I, I've ordered both. And obviously, you can see as I'm wearing the Minnesota one right now, there's no patch on the shoulders either. Um, the other thing about the Winter Classic jerseys that I wanted to bring up was two things about the players offered. One, I noticed that the Ryan O'Reilly jersey, at least when it was pictured, did not have a Captain C on it. Yep, you had to pay for that too. Second was, and this is not uncommon, they did the same thing in 2017. They only offered a couple of a couple of players that you could pre-order with their name on. Anyone else, you had to have them custom done at the shop. Yep. The players that the NHL.com has put on for ordering for the St. Louis Blues are Ryan O'Reilly, <clears throat> Jordan Bennington, Colton Pareko, and Vladimir Tarasenko. You're a little younger than me, but when I was a kid, I used to watch Sesame Street. And they would do this thing where they would split the screen into four squares and they would play a song. And the song was one of these things are not like the other. One of these things do not belong. And like three of the squares would be doing one thing. And then like this fourth yeah, square would be doing it. So different vaguely thing. remember. Yes. I, for the life of me have no idea why the NHL would pick Vladimir Tarasenko as a player you could get for your winter classic Jersey over half a dozen other players like David Perron Braden or Shen. Braden Shen. Or, thank you. Like that's the one that I thought of. Like if you want to sell some jerseys, put a winter classic Jersey with the big free agent signing of Pavel Buchnevich. Like, why is he not there? Hmm. Why is Tori Krug not available? That's true. Why is Jordan or Justin Falk not available? Like, easily, Jason, I can think of a half dozen players that I would have put as pre-orderable players. Robert Thomas. Yeah, yeah. any of them over Vladimir Tarasenko. Even Brandon Sutton. may not even be on this team Um, by the time January 1st comes. hmm. And we'll do conspiracy theory time. We're going to do. Yeah, I mean. My guess, because obviously putting them up there, it's not that hard to heat press and make a bunch of those really quick because they're all heat. The ones that are like available right away are heat pressed uh, in case anybody doesn't know it, jerseys. And the ones that they send out of STL Authentics, they send to another company. Uh, If you want to go, if you should go to uh, Fishers out in the Florissant, go check them out if you ever need a jersey customized. Uh, Ask for Mike. Anyway, he just did my Tampa jersey. He sent me the picture of it, and it looks dope. Yeah, and they uh, and they stitch them. They hand stitch them, and that's obviously different quality, obviously compared yeah. to heat pressed and hand stitched. Uh, so my guessing is is that they can throw it up on the website, and you have a player who's already disgruntled, and then maybe the Blues have like they're like we're not going to get rid of this guy for quite some time, and they don't want to like make it any more I guess upset and make his ego any more like make it any more awkward than it already is. So they just have that up there as an option. So nothing uh, rocks the boat. 
it's a dumb theory. I'll give you that. But like, it's just, but nothing surprises me with anybody. I'm not saying that I'm not even saying Tarasenko even remotely thinks that way. It's just, maybe the blues are just like, just put him up there because he is our, was selling up until Ryan O'Reilly was here. Maybe even Jordan Bennington, he was selling the, probably he was the best selling sure, jersey. Man. I so mean, maybe, I that's the thing. maybe that's the reason why it's like cumulative amount of jersey sold. He's one of them. So that's why they put him up there. It could be that too. I mean, I get that he is a marquee name in the league. I, I'm not not taking that away from him at all. I just, to me, I was like, for real? Like, you're only offered four players? And yeah, I would like one to see, of them? I would like to see Bushnevitz, since that's the guy that's I thought 26, sure 26 your big signing, your big trade that you made, and that's the guy that, you know, hopefully, and obviously, if Tarasenko is traded, if he doesn't, okay, maybe things work out. But if not, that's your big signing it's your big next guy you know yeah. obviously that's 20 yeah. that's the guy you're going to be relying on for years to come so it is interesting i'll say that much so the patch thing is annoying i'll be honest the, i was kind of the patch thing is that. very annoying I'm very so is the fact it. that if you're ordering a, a a ryan o'reilly jersey that you don't get the c that's annoying too yeah so anyway a little annoying but that's our uh, little winter classic jersey uh spiel that we just did so uh Last thing that we'll get into that's some blues news. So the blues are going on with their prospect camp right now. So they're getting ready to go to the Traverse city, which they do this obviously every year. It's a normal, I say quote unquote normal year. So um, the captain that's going to be on the team is uh, Scott Peronovich. Hopefully his uh, his shoulder is holding up. So he had a surgery last year. And uh, the other big name that's kind of there is Dakota Joshua, who played in 12 games last year. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously, a couple of first round picks in the Jake neighbors and Zach Bolduke will be there. Uh, they get to play against the blue jackets, stars, red wings, and maple Leafs um, starts on the 17th ends on the 20th, depending on how the blues finish as well. So um, I think they're just having three games. I don't think there's like anything. I don't know if they're doing more after that. If it's just like, they used to do like three games and they have like a first, a first place game, a third place game and a fifth place game. So I don't know if they're doing that as well. They, yeah. That could be, but it doesn't really, doesn't really say any of the articles I could read. Um, a couple of interesting ones I think are there that I think are, uh, I think the Jake neighbors is a good one to see. Apparently he is, he used his own money to stay in St. Louis for month of August and work out with uh, all the guys on the team. That's not just the rookies, but like actual guys on the blues. Uh, that's great to hear. Um, I don't know if that guy can make the jump right away. He had a pretty decent year last year. We'll see. Um, uh, excuse me, Tim Taylor, uh, not Tim the Toolman Taylor, but Tim Taylor, the director of scouting for the Blues and player development, is uh, had a little interview today and talked about a couple of the guys. Obviously, he we talked about we just said this. Peronovich is the captain going forward on for the Traverse City team. But interesting, Joel Hoffer is going to be your your starting goalie. Uh, Colton Ellis will be the backup, and they had signed another guy just to. Um, you know, be around, but they also said Joel Hoffer is going to be your number three guy going forward. So if there's any injury to either Huso or Bennington, look for Joel Hoffer to get the call up, which I think is pretty interesting considering he only had basically a very truncated year of a professional so far. Right. But uh, yeah. So let's see any of the big names out there. Nikita Alexandrov is our second round pick from a hand a few years ago, had five points in seven games uh, last year in a really abbreviated time with the uh, Utica Comets. So uh, Hugh McGinge is another guy that's, uh, you know, there. So 
all those guys are skating today, except for Zach Bolduc, who is getting over an injury he had in the end of his junior season. Um, unfortunately, some something uh, something happened to one of our prospects, unknown who it is, but uh, apparently one of the prospects was robbed uh, down by the arch grounds on Monday night, and the Blues put out a, a basically statement saying that they're not going to comment on it. The police are looking into it, and we'll let the legal process p- play out. Uh, there's no. I didn't even see any rumors on this, like looking at Twitter today, just to see if anybody said anything. Obviously, Bull Duke is hurt. So people kind of were trying to put two and two together there. I'm not going to. If he's hurt, he's hurt. Um, but yeah, apparently, one of our prospects are uh, robbed. So you want to get to my little rant before you, before you make a comment, or you mean to go Please. first? Okay. Please. So here's the only problem I had with some of the comments I had online. Uh, Maybe it's because I have a little pride for our our city and just when people are like, oh, welcome to St. Louis, kid. I'm like, it seems like just somebody has hearing about a violent crime in St. Louis is it's so like second nature now that everybody's just like, oh, it happens. That's sad, man. And that's not even a statement on what downtown is or what the county is or whatever you want to say. It's just sad that that's that was a good chunk of the comments that I saw on the social media today. And I don't know. I just thought it was sad. That's all. There's nothing really, nothing really to it outside of that. I just really wish that wasn't the case where people are like, Oh, the St. Louis welcoming committee. And it's like, yeah. I mean, you've heard many of, I mean, I know maybe you can comment on this a little more. Like you've heard about many of bands coming through. Oh with, yeah. With it's, it's a real thing, man. Yeah. There was a, you know, with COVID it's kind of died off because there haven't been shows, but. It's uh, it's kind of been a a known thing for the last however many years in St. Louis that if you're a band playing a show in town, don't leave your van or trailer unlocked or unattended because uh, there was a long history of band trailers and vans being broken into and gear being stolen. Um. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a, a fairly well-known thing in the music industry. So, you know, and I agree with you. I, we don't need to beat the dead horse. I think you said it very eloquently and, and to the point. It sucks that um, we've become complacent with this. And we should want to be better as a city and not just laugh and be like, ah, well, it's St. Louis. Yeah, um, that's St. Louis for you, and I'm just like, eh. it but just, it doesn't need to be. Yeah, I re- I wish it was better. And I, I'll be honest, I have no solutions. I'm not, I'm not any kind of expert on anything that could be done. Uh, just I just I just hate that. It's like it it kind of was. I think not everyone. A lot of people were saying he was okay. They're sorry that happened to him. Yeah. Um, but there was also there was a there was a small contingent out there of people just kind of making light of it, and I thought that was kind of crappy, honestly. Yeah, yeah, it that's is. That's just me. It is. That's just me. So, uh, let's get into some better notes. So, the Blues, we're getting close to the schedule starting here. So, preseason schedule is right around the corner. So, training camp is right around the corner. Like I said, preseason starts on the 25th. And Chris talked about the game as against the Blackhawks is on October 2nd. It's in Independence, Missouri. So, that's a uh, Saturday night. So, if anybody heads out there, that might be a fun thing to go see. I'm sure the Blues will send. It's gonna be one of those preseason games where they're like, we're gonna send mostly rookies here and then like one veteran. I think they'll that'll be like one of those dress rehearsal games that they'll send 
a good chunk of guys because they want, I think you want to try to, that's on the Western side of the state. So you want to try to your best to bring in new fans the best you can from the Western side of the state. So I think they'll send a good chunk of people. So I think you'll see a, a good chunk of a decent, obviously decent, but guys you'll normally see playing every night there. Yeah, I, I agree. If that's going to be a showcase for Kansas city. You're going to see a lot of, a lot of regular roster guys there. So uh, last thing I want to talk about before we get out of here. So we talked about all this and the blues did make another signing that I forgot to talk about. So once again, this is the second time we were going to record during our little hiatus where me and Chris were like, Hey, let's record. And then uh, it was one of those nights where I think we both got home and just, we both got busy and just mm-hmm. skipped our minds. Uh, blues signed a former captain. Uh, they signed David Backus to a one day contract. And David Backus officially retired from the NHL. So yep. uh, pretty cool that the Blues still – that Nick, you don't see those at too much anymore, the guys retiring on one-day contracts. I saw some people say they just kind of like – I don't know. Some people are trying to poo-poo on it, but who cares about you people? But, yeah, uh, but Backus wrote a very – I mean, it, I highly suggest anybody go to the Blues website uh, it's called Back Where I Belong. It's a uh, David Backus signs a one year, uh, one day contract with uh, the Blues and retires. So he, he pretty much knew this last year when he played that game with Anaheim here, and that's the last game he played. Yeah. Um, he wrote a really great. I mean, I, it's a very long read, so we're not going to get into everything uh, that David Backus uh, wrote, but a very long very heartfelt message about, you know, how important St. Louis was. Um, he can't wait to come, you know, be back here. A lot of the hockey writers already said they, they really think that he's a very off, you know, on and off the ice, a very smart guy. He has like some, I think he has, what do you say? Like a mathematics degree or something like that. Uh, electrical engineering. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, pretty smart guy to say the least. You know, so I wouldn't be surprised if you see him work with the Blues somehow in the future. I think I'm not the saying next this time, season, but well, I'll tank. tell you where you're going to see him this year, and you're going to see him on December 31st at Target Center in a alumni game. Yeah, he's That'll be the a, first thing you see. He's now. a Minnesota native, and he's going to play for the Blues in the alumni game. There's not a doubt in my mind. Um, you know, I, I, Jason, I don't know if you ever had any opportunities to to spend time with David Backus. Um, we have, you and I have a mutual friend, um, and I used to do a podcast with her, and she was very, very good friends with, uh, with David Backus's wife. And through that, I had a few opportunities to spend time with David Backus uh, when he was here with the blues and hockey players by and large always get praise for being humble and, and polite and everyday people. Um, but I got to tell you, man, like there was something about David Backus that was so St. Louis to his core. Like, he was that blue collar mentality of when you get up in the morning, you put on your work boots and you get the job done and then you go home and you hang with your family. And, and that was Dave, like that was everything about David Backus that, I mean, 
I remember when he got announced as part of the, the, the Team USA in 2010. And leading into those Olympics, he went on the year the tour mission. of the tour of the tour of uh, uh, all Canadian captains. Yeah, he fought, and he fought. He beat the living bejesus out of anyone who was going to be on team on Team Canada who wasn't on his team. Yeah, it was what's a Ben Taves. Taves. There's one more. Um, Kessler, maybe. No, Kessler was uh, USA. No, it was um, it wasn't Crosby. It was um, I can't think of it now. I'll come back um, to it. But anyway, but yeah, go ahead. But he was just like uh, he loved this city, like he was a native son. And I don't. I, I think if you could get him to be a hundred percent honest, and obviously he still had to play the political game a little bit because he didn't want to poo-poo one of the other team he played for. I think if you told David Backus the DeLorean is right around the corner, you can set the clock back to 2016. Go find your old self. Tell him, just sign the damn deal. I think he would have done it. I think he would have stayed here. Um, that being said, I think if David Backus stays here, it alters the future of this franchise to a point that I don't think the Ryan O'Reilly deal happens, and I don't think this team wins the Stanley Cup. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting how that happened because him leaving basically created that void at center where the Blues yep. needed after, obviously, Latera wasn't working out. Yep. Uh, they just had Shen, and that was about it. So they right. needed that second line center because obviously Bergen was not working out as the second liner. So yeah, everything is weird. Like I, I was saying, I it's the butterfly effect. Yeah, it's something I use way too much. Everything happens for a reason. So him, but it's doing true. that basically started the chain reaction of all that other stuff happening. Yeah, uh, Laterra doing his, uh, you know, starting an underground coke ring, and mm. uh, you know Patrick Bergwin leaving the team. You know, basically forgetting to renew his uh, no trade clause. A lot of things happened. You know, I'm not saying right. he's a backish, but a lot of things happened and whatever. Anyway, the three players real quick were Jonathan Taves, Corey Perry, and apparently attempted to fight Rick Nash and didn't happen. So yeah, according to Yahoo Sports. It, anyway. But uh, he's a good guy just to wrap this up. And uh, this is how it should have ended. He should, he should retire a St. Louis Blue. Uh, to me, this is very reminiscent of uh, another team that I dearly love, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Thurman Thomas, who is a Hall of Fame running back for the Buffalo Bills at the end of his career, left and didn't just leave. He went and signed with the Miami Dolphins, which would have been like had Backus gone to the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, and he finished his career playing career as a Dolphin, but came back and signed a one-day deal and retired as a Buffalo Bill. Um, I'll tell you the next guy who's going to do that in St. Louis is Albert Pujols. Yeah, because after seeing what happened this year, 100% seasons, uh, both Wainwright and Molina are probably – they're definitely playing next year, but I see it being the last probably for them. Yeah. But um, so, but yeah, so really cool that Backus came back, and I highly suggest you read the letter. It's, it's a, great, nice it's a and, great letter. It's a great letter basically saying, um, you know, I love his 10 years, and he was really, you know – obviously the Blues had it on the table. They had a four-year, six, you know, $24 million deal on the table for him. And he wanted that extra year and Boston gave it to him and Armstrong wouldn't budge. And he went for the extra year. 
And, you know, that's where he went. He said that he was actually in town for Petrangelo's wedding Mm -hmm. that weekend. And he literally, that day, he was at the Cardinals game, signed a deal to go to Boston, and they showed him on the Jumbotron, and he got a standing ovation. And he was, and he literally says in his letter, like, are you kidding me? Like, I just left there giving me a standing ovation. And he, he just said he knew that, you know, he knew that this is where he wanted to come back and retire, basically. So, like I said, very good letter. One of the guys that honestly started, we'll say, we said talk about chain reaction, the guy who started the rise of the Blues. Simple as that. If this team, where this team is at now, would not be there without the contributions of David Backus, Alexander Steen, TJ Oshie. Those three oh, guys yeah. started and be throw Petrangelo into that group as well. That group started the the rise from the basement. They were the yeah. guys that started that uphill climb to get to the Stanley Cup, and then on along the way they got the Tarasenko's, uh, the Jordan Bennington's, obviously the Ryan O'Reilly's, you know, Braden Shin, Jordan, uh, excuse me. Jaden Schwartz, all those guys who wound up contributing, but the guys who brought him out of the basement were those guys. And he was the guy leading the way. And he was basically the, after Oshi was gone, he was the face, man. Like that was the guy of the blues until Tarasenko came along. Yeah. So, yeah. so really cool that he came back and signed a one year deal. Like you said, definitely be on the ice for all the alumni games. I highly expect that. I really expect him to be back with the blues in some capacity eventually. So, it's somewhere in the front office. I think they said he's too smart of a guy not to be around to share his knowledge in the game. Um, real quick, last other thing I forgot to point out for today that I, I saw on Twitter. Another guy who looks like he's going to be coming back to the organization and sticking around is Chris Thorburn, who nice. who he was around the prospects camp today, helping run drills and you know imparting his knowledge. So that's really cool, man. I thought Chris Thorburn is one of those guys that. You know, obviously didn't have like, you know, the talent or whatever. He really played the Stanley Cup winning year. He got a ring and got his name on the cup still for literally playing a minute and 59 seconds all season. And yeah. he was so beloved by his teammates when he got called up. Like they were saying that was huge. And they said the biggest ovation, you know, people, guys carrying the cup was when a guy went to Chris Thorburn. He was the third person to get the cup, fourth person. Because yeah. Steen, yeah, Steen gave it to him. So it went from Petrangelo to uh, I think Steen. And then actually, may have been third. Anyway, he was one of those because he was that important to the guys. So I think it's really cool that the Blues brought him around and uh, for the prospects. So another guy coming back to the organization just shows you how great the alumni association is with the Blues. So they have a lot of guys come back and help and be around the team. So that's according to what everybody says, that's not normal. As much as no, St. It's Louis, not. St. Louis you know, sees it a lot, and you see all these alumni events. They just had that Jamie Rivers roast last weekend and stuff like that. Um, it's, it's great. So, um, Anna, did you hear some of the uh, jokes that uh, Jeff Burton said this morning, possibly? No. Uh, there were some pretty good ones. So um, I don't have them right in front of me. So everybody check out the Riz Show podcast from today, which is the uh, – or actually might have been Monday, the uh, 13th. Uh, they read some of the jokes and some of them were pretty brutal. He had a pretty good one against Jim Campbell, which I thought was great. Nice. Oh, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. The best one is he said he said it and it was it was bad. And then he was just like, but Campbell left already. So he didn't even hear it. Okay. Oh, that sucks. But anyway, I'll, I'll look it up and I'll, I'll tell you after we're off the air here. So anyway. All right. Anyway, 
previews coming up before we wrap everything up here. Previews coming up. Um, we're going to do our usual. I'm going to break it down and Chris will be helping me with some. I think we're going to have some guests in to help us out with like the central preview for some of the guys from the hockey podcast network. Some of the teams, I think the, one of the guys in the Dallas Stars podcast, uh, somebody from a club is Blue Jackets. So we're going to have some experts on to help us with some of the, the divisions we're not too familiar with. And I think that'll be really, uh, really fun. So we're going to do that. Then we'll have our really big just St. Louis Blues one. Uh, we'll have a couple of guests on for that one, uh, and we'll go from there. So we'll uh, be ramping it up very soon at the end of this month, and it'll be a lot around the preseason. You'll start seeing a lot of our previews. The Blues officially open on October 16th, so be ready for all that. So wrap it up there. So It, it just seems like the last three seasons just feel like they've all run together. Yeah, it's been in a great way because I love that it seems like it's nonstop hockey, but man. Man, I'll tell you what, like as much as obviously with everything that's going on in the world, I don't want that to continue. But the, when they had the bubble going on, when you literally had hockey from 11 o'clock in the morning <laughs> to like 10 30 at night or it, it might have been later. Oh, man. Like you had just games going on in two different places. And there was, th- I was obviously homebound at that time. I mean, it was, man, there's a couple of times where I just like, got up got my stuff done for the day the best i could helped the kid out with her work and then i was just like had the game on in the background it was i had hockey on 11 o'clock in the morning just on in the background and then when the blues came on i sat down and watched that then watched the late game and went to bed and got to do it again the next day it was great having that i'll say that it reminded me of march madness yeah you just had a game after game after game after game and it was and just fun to do i mean and there's no way they can keep that up because obviously it's so taxing on players but man that was fun to watch, though. So, uh, but with it coming up, man, regular hey, regular season. Uh, the Blues have no official announcement on on capacity rules right now. I'll be one hundred percent honest with you, and this is me not having one ounce of insider information or any kind of thing. This is me just looking at what's going on around the league, what's going around at venues around St. Louis, as Chris can attest to, with his bands coming in. Uh, yep. Anyway, go see Highly Suspect October 31st at the uh, pageant. Correct. Point Fest this Sunday. Go see Shine Down. Okay, there you go. We'll get that. We'll get those in. If they want to send a check over, I'll like, I'll take cash or. Uh, Perfect. I got you. Got you. Anyway, um, with the Blues having, yeah, obviously, who can get in the building? I mean, Buffalo just announced it today. A lot, all the Canada, Canadian teams announced it. A couple other teams, I think all the I think all the West Coast teams announced it. You're going to have to have your vaccination card or a it's coming negative test. I'm, I'll be honest, just there's going to be people that's going to complain. Oh yeah, there will be. I'm just letting you guys know, whoever is out there, and I don't care. I like whatever your feelings are, you do your thing. My my stance is go get vaccinated, but do your whatever you want to do and whatever you want to say against it. I don't really care at this point. Yeah, my thing is. Don't be surprised because no, I, don't because, be because I, I saw I saw the pageant just in uh, basically there's a show that I'm going to on January 22nd. Yes, January 22nd. And they sent an email saying you need your vaccination card by then. And that's January. Yeah, so. it's it's going to happen. Um, I got sent a survey about a month ago from the blues and three quarters of the survey was about um, what protocols we feel comfortable with as uh, season ticket holders. And like, you know, if we did this, would you be more likely, less likely, just as likely to come to games? So 
it's coming. It, there's, there's no way that they're going to get back to a hundred percent capacity um, without doing this. They're just not. Yeah. Um, if you want 17,000 people in the building, like, like you said, I just don't see a way without considering what is, it's not like they're going to be the only ones doing it. I think yep. if they don't do it, they will be in the minority. And, and look, here's the deal. Like you said, people are going to piss and moan about it. It's, it's not a public place. You know, when you buy a ticket, like for, for just the purpose of this, of this conversation, because Jason and I are on video, mm-hmm. here's the front of my Guns N' Roses ticket for Thursday in Wrigley Field. Nice big print. Tells you where you're sitting, who you're sitting, all that stuff. See all that small print on the back? Yep. These are all the rules that you, as a holder of this ticket, agree to by walking through the gate of Wrigley Field on Thursday. And it's a crap. It's very tiny print. Just from very it. tiny print. And in there is a ton of crap that probably never comes into play. But these are rules that Wrigley Field and for the sake of the sake of the Blues, that Enterprise Center, the St. Louis Blues, the National Hockey League, the on down the Louis. line, yep. City of St. Louis, State of Missouri, have all decided to put in place. It's not a public event. If you don't have a ticket, you can't just walk in and watch the game. By buying a ticket, you have to agree to the rules that are put forth to go see that event. And if the NHL or the Blues or whoever decide they want to enforce a vaccination policy, they have every right to do that. If you don't want to get vaccinated, stay your ass at home and watch it on TV or go to a bar and watch it on TV, but you're not coming to the arena. It's just the rules, that's unfortunately. Not, that's just yeah, what and, it is. And so. you know what? Good for them. Good for them. I hope they do it. I hope that they enforce vaccination cards. And here, here's the other thing, too, which is why... And they should also I take the temperature I, when you go through the door. Which I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if their exact plans are for that. They did uh, it for the playoffs. Did they? So yeah, I know I know things have changed and not they changed, but I know like we know more now and there's more people that are officially vaccinated. But um here's the thing, it's also in the city of St. Louis. City of St. Louis does have a mask mandate right now. The county yep. does not. The county, like for all intents and purposes or whatever you want to say, fighting a little bit Jesus out of it. So that ain't happening, unfortunately. Oh, you come across the river. Uh, Let me show you what it's like in St. Charles County. <laughs> God's country out there, right? Oh, I mean more money than sense. That's yeah. all I can tell you. Anyways, we won't we get too political here. But the point the point is, it's also very hard to enforce a mask mandate with seventeen thousand people. It would be extremely hard on the ushers to keep track of that many people and not have confrontations I mean, and all this other stuff that's going on. Dude, so part of me you is saying, I saw it. You and I saw it a couple of weeks ago at NWA seventy three. There was a mask mandate. The, how many times were you told if you're not actively eating or drinking something to put on a mask? Yeah, quite a bit. And, and there weren't a lot of people wearing masks. Unfortunately. I mean, but yeah, so I mean that we're talking, what was that? 500 people Three. in that room? I would say at most, I'd say it's more than 500. I'd say five to a thousand, 1200. Yeah. I would say like that, but let's say a thousand, thousand, twelve hundred yeah. people in a room watching wrestling. And uh, I mean, obviously performers aren't going to so, but like there's a good chunk of people that weren't, I would say 50, 50 at best. 
So at anyway, best at best. Yeah. So I mean, and that's the thing is, whatever. Anyways, don't be surprised that that's coming. I just see. I just yeah, don't be surprised. I just see more and more people. I agree. Doing that. So anyway, we'll leave it there. So um, if you get a hold of us on the social medias, especially Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey NHL. Chris is at at Hossapalooza. Also, uh, social medias is the Instagrams and the Facebooks and at the Blues Hockey Podcast. Uh, also, our website is blueshockeypodcast.net or .com, whichever one you want to type in. It goes to the same place. You'll find all the social media links there. You'll also find all the places you can download the podcast. That is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, uh, Pocket Cast, Amazon Music, a uh, bunch of other places. Also listen to it on the website. Uh, also on the website, there's a bunch of different things on there. There's some links um, for our merchandise. There's some links for our sponsors. There's just a little bit of everything there, but especially the links for our sponsors. So check out, first off, check out Rockstar Taco Shack, which we've talked about many a times. Mm-hmm. So it looks like they're ramping up. They're finally getting the, uh, the second, third location, whatever you want to call it, a second location, technically. Yep. Uh, the ga- Gaslight, which is uh, off of like Shaw, I believe. I think so. Yeah, so they'll be open up real soon. So keep an eye on, follow them on Facebook. Uh, they do have an awesome Instagram. Uh, just check them out. And Will's doing a great job, as always. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah, so uh, check them out. And then we might have, some, we'll have some stuff going on with them uh, coming up soon, hopefully. So secondly, Lucky Lola's big news there is that they have now their Lucky Lola brats are now not only at Kenrick's, you can also find them at... Fresh time, which is a bunch of fresh times out there. We talked about this last time. One out by you, Chris. One out by me. Yep. All over the place. So go get them brats. Get the brats and also check out their jalapeno sweet heat, which is awesome as well. And the salmon rub. Also, they have check out their Instagram, Facebook. Um, also their website, Lucky Lola's, I mean, Lucky Lola's foods.com. Uh, last but not least, DraftKings uh, is use the code THPN. When you sign up, you get a bunch of bonuses to use on Anything you're betting on, ha, NFL season started. I know Chris is not thrilled with week one. We won't talk about that. And I lost all my all my free DraftKings money. I lost it. I lost it. <laughs> week one. Week one, unfortunately. So, uh, but next, well, Chris is going to be very confident. He'll put the code in again this week. He'll get a couple, a little bit more bonus on this one. And he'll put on the Bills we'll this back. week. And the Bills will win this week. And everything will be right in the world. That's so, right. bring the tables. Yeah, exactly. So, go to DraftKings. Use the code THPN. That's for the Hockey Podcast Network. That's what we're a part of. And get your bonuses and get your uh, DraftKings on today. So I think that is everything I think I got lined up for now. So like I said, we have previews coming up. Uh, any more news? Hey, if Tarasenko gets traded, Robert Thomas. What's going to happen tomorrow? Because we recorded. That's usually how things happen. Remember I said we kept teasing. One of my friends kept saying, you need to get on and start uh, recording. Because every time you record, there's always something happening within a day or two. So we record tonight. So if the Blues wind up uh, – uh, having something happen next couple of days, you can thank us. So, anyway, we'll wrap it up there and uh, we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.